Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. Okay, thank you, Wade. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, we're almost halfway through. The um, handout is... uh, (laughs) I made a comment last week about how much was on the handout, and it's even worse this time. So it's almost two full pages, which almost breaks the rule. It won't be, it won't be uh, nearly that complicated today, so it looks uh, like a lot, but we'll get through it. Uh, good stuff today. So let me, uh, everybody in, let me pray, and we'll, and we'll get going. All right, let's pray. Father, we're grateful for our time together this morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for calling us, for... Uh, Father, redeeming us, giving us new hearts and new life. We're grateful for uh, your word. Give it clarity today. Help us to dig deep into truths and to uh, apply those things to our lives, Father. We're grateful for time together and the encouragement of believers. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, can you guys hear me okay in the back? Is that about the right? I'm trying hard to project. I don't do well at that. trying hard to make sure that you guys can hear me back there. If you can't, if I'm mumbling through something, raise your hand, okay? Let me know that you can't hear something. All right. So today we're going to hit, uh, again, this is the third uh, piece, justification and adoption. So remember we said justification and adoption were unique a little bit relative to other events in the order of salvation. So quick pop quiz. Are justification and adoption considered subjective or objective salvation? And, and summarize it in three bullet points or less. Who remembers? Okay. It might be in your notes, not sure. Objective why? Good. Yeah, remember, these are the two, these are the status changes. These are the things that are external to us. They're not about our heart necessarily, not directly. These things are external, and they're about a status change, okay, that makes them unique. Everything else we'll talk about will be subjective. I want to make sure you guys are recalling the uh, important stuff. Okay, mental warm-up. Ready? Y'all look, ti- y'all look tired. <laughs> huh? You think you do? Time to get fired up? It's a challenging one today. (coughs) (laughs) Right? Ask Lisa. (laughs) She she nailed a deer right there and took out the deer crossing sign. Are you kidding? Your sister, you're kidding me. A couple years ago. Well, see, the deer was behaving, crossing right at the sign. Anyway, how do they do that? She never paid for the sign. Paid for the sign. That's a bad day. All right. She was okay, though. She was all right. And the car. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. (laughs) All right. So here's where we're going today. Again, a couple of major, you know, high-level topics we want to get at. Uh, Justification and righteousness. Justification and righteousness. What is that all about? How do our regenerated hearts and this saving faith lead to this new, essentially, legal status of justified? And then how does that um, provide 
righteousness, okay? What's the, what's the vehicle, the method? Then we're going to talk about the grounds of our justification. So we'll make sure we understand why. What's the source? Where's it coming from? And importantly, where's it not coming from? <laughs> we just want to make sure we're, we're clear on that. There can be some misunderstanding around that. So we want to talk about the grounds, what's it based on. And then this doc doctrine of adoption and the privileges that go with being adopted. So um, a lot of discussion around this being maybe one of the least appreciated, um, I want to say underrated, that makes it sound like a movie, I don't mean it like that. But it's, it's not really put a great focus on at times. Adoption is a significant, incredible set of privileges for us. Okay, so we want to talk about that, what does it mean? And what do we have to look forward to? Because adoption sets up this forward-looking vision into where we're headed, right? So from here, we're going to talk about, uh, we don't have it up, sanctification. We're going to talk about assurance and perseverance, and we'll get to glorification. So this is all heading down a path, uh, and these privileges around adoption are really much of it's forward-looking to the end times, okay? So the glory of where we're going with Christ, really cool stuff, okay? So here's a list again, and we'll spend time on this so you guys just kind of get oriented where we are, kind of right in the middle. We'll talk about sanctification, this process uh, next time, perseverance and assurance, and then glorification at the end. Okay, we said objective salvation. Good work. You guys did okay on the pop quiz. Wade, you want to make some notes for Constantinople here? Okay. Sense of humor increasing? <laughs> pop, pop quiz? Eh. Craig saved the group. All right. All right, so justification, let's start right there. What do you think, what, what, how would you describe justification? I gave you just a simple, simple definition. What does it mean? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Made just, okay, yeah. Made just, okay. Yeah, absolutely, yes, good. Perfect, yeah, so we're gonna really fo focus on the source and the, and the grounds, and it's all about Jesus. Um, I heard it someplace that it's, it became really just as if you'd never sinned. Okay, yeah, just as if you'd never sinned. Good, it definitely has to do with sin, right, for sure, and our being made just, good. Okay, any other thoughts? Being declared righteous. Ah, being declared righteous. Okay, what do you mean by that? Meaning not that we are in and of ourselves. It's the righteousness of Christ that's been declared that his righteousness. Yeah. We are declared righteousness because of yeah. Good. So that's going to be an absolutely central point today. That's one of the things I absolutely want to make sure we walk away today understanding is that justification is a declaration. And again, what's the source of that? This is all about Jesus and how this gets ascribed to us because of his perfect innocence. Okay, so we'll go there. We'll get to the details. But yeah, great. Really good, really good lead in. All right, so here's the, uh, did I? Ha. I'm not so good at the animation on these things. I, I, I abandoned the references at the bottom, so I'll make sure I double click these things. Okay, so Westminster Confession. Here is the, uh, here's the definition. Justification is Christ's perfect righteousness imputed to us and received by faith alone. Not through anything we have done, but through Christ's obedience. Right, so you see the two possessives in here. It starts off with Christ's perfect righteousness. It's his. 
and it is not a, around anything that we've done, but it is about Christ's obedience. Okay, so the possessed is in there. I have two things that I italicized here that I want to make sure we talk about. So both of these we'll deal with here in a little bit. One is imputed. You've heard of imputed? Familiar term? Okay, so I'll make sure we understand what imputed is. We'll get to that. And then the other one is received. And I italicize that just because, um, to Craig's point, we can get confused maybe about where this is coming from. So in Scripture, you see that we talk about being justified by faith. And it also says in Scripture we're justified through faith. So and, and in one case we'll look at today, Scripture has those two in the, in, the same, in the same piece of Scripture, right? It says by faith and through faith. So are those different? No. Are they both correct? Yes, obviously. But we want to make sure to understand that we don't, we're not the source of justification. We're not the source of our righteousness. It's not because we have great, perfect, awesome faith. It's not based on the quantity or quality of our faith. It's not that we practice faith so great and we're so awesome at trusting, right? It's not that. So I italicized received, and we'll get to that just to make sure we're clear on what's the source, where's it coming from, and don't get confused that we're the reason, <laughs> you know, because we're so trusting and so wonderful in our faith. Our faith is not always, right, nice and linear. It's sometimes up and down. Okay, good. All right, so here are some of the discussion points you want to get after. So when we receive the gift of saving faith, when we are called into union, when we're regenerated, right, um, we're also justified. So justified is a kind of a legal term. It's forensic. It's like law. It's court, courtroom language. Okay, we're justified. In essence, it means we're not guilty, right? We're not guilty. But more than that, it really, so if you're, if you're accused of a crime, the worst case outcome is you're declared guilty. You're found guilty in the court, right? So that would be very negative. <laughs> that would be a very bad thing. If you're found not guilty, it sort of resets you back to zero. Like you go from being very negative to back to the zero point, right? Just kind of resetting things. But no, in fact, our justification, we're declared righteous. Righteous, which is so incredibly positive, <laughs> way past the zero point, way out to the positive. It's really pretty incredible, okay? So it's not just getting us back to the midpoint or starting point. So think of it as this way. Again, a legal term, we know we're sinful. Right? We know we are to be, um, we deserve death. We're to be condemned. We're, we deserve death, but we are declared not guilty. And again, not just not guilty, but righteous. So, and the declared piece is really important. We'll get to this. So again, to Craig's point, it's a declaration, okay, that is made on our behalf, not because of what we've done, but because of Christ. Okay? Okay, so just to make the point that faith leads to justification here, Romans 5, we've been justified by faith, right? Familiar with that. And again, not just not, just not guilty, but righteous. For the one that does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteous, righteousness. And we're always, always making the point that it's not about our works, it's not about things we do, it's not on our merit, right? So here from Romans 3, um, by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. 
for through the law comes knowledge of sin. So it's not about our works. And again, Romans 3, man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Okay? So we're clear on that. We want, we'll keep coming back to works, not about works. Works is essential. Works flow from our redeemed heart. They, it, it, they're very important. Have to be there in the life of the believer. They're not the, the cause of or the source of, right, justification in this case. All right, so I want to deal with this a little bit. If you were, if you were uh, sitting in a courtroom witnessing a trial, somebody, somebody's on trial for a crime, and they work through the whole thing, and you get to the end, and the judge or jury says, not guilty, declared not guilty, right? But you knew, <laughs> you knew they did it. Right? You'd seen the crime. You were convinced they were absolutely guilty. How would that sit with you when the judge or jury says, declares them not guilty, and they get to walk away? Right, so there's something wrong with that, right? <laughs> That's just not right. So, in our case, isn't it false to just declare us not guilty? I mean, we did it, right? We did it. We're guilty. So, do you sense there's something there that we need to deal with? It feels, it feels false, right? Okay, so why is it not? Why is it not? Well, because God's declaration is true... Again, declaring us righteous. Why? Because of Jesus. Again, right? He really did pay the complete penalty. And in Christ, in this union with Christ, right? We're called into union. In Christ, we really are innocent. We really are righteous because He is innocent and righteous. Okay? So again, there's this new legal status that's created. So there's a new term. Who's heard of constitutive declaration? This is where I wanted Tessa in the class, in the front row. That's some kind of law term. We need a lawyer. Any other attorneys? New. Okay. All right. It's a constitutive declaration. So it constitutes a new position. It's not, not really guilty, not guilty at all, not really not guilty. It's brand new. Constitutive declaration. It's a new legal position. Okay. New status. Again, it's a status change. Our new legal position is righteous in Christ. We are righteous in Christ. Okay. That makes sense? Pretty clear? Okay. All right, so I, to me, it's really interesting to go through and look at how sin is dealt with when we talk about the righteous. The language now changes around sin for the, those who are declared righteous. There's some really incredible descriptions of what the sin looks like for those of us who are called into union, right? So here, God credits righteousness apart from works. This is Romans 4. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sin has been covered, right? Sin is like covered. It's like buried. It's like, right? It, it really is, we're separated from it in a sense because it's covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. It's like not even part of the discussion anymore. It's not, it's not in the evaluation. It's not in the analysis. It won't, it won't be considered, okay? It's not taken into account. There's no condemnation. Romans 8. What does that mean? No, you can't be condemned. There's no condemnation for the righteous, right? This is really starting to separate that sin, right? And then from Psalm 103, he's removed our transgressions from us, from east to west, as far as the globe, you know, across the world, if you will. That's a distancing, right? So again, this, this declaration, this, this justified, uh, this righteousness, puts a new 
appreciation for how we're, we're being treated as not guilty, right, relative to our sin. So. All right, so on what grounds are we justified? What would you guess? What grounds are we justified? What's the source? Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. Who said that? Ari? Yep. Okay, so again, we know that we're justified through this faith in Christ, this, the knowledge, belief, and then the trust. But again, we want to agree, right? Our faith is actually imperfect. Does that offend you when I say that? Or do you think that's okay? <laughs> Anybody want to comment on that? And the reality that was accomplished. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's many things, but that's one of the things I think we struggle with, right? There are doubts. There are days when, again, you're doing this. You know, sometimes your faith is really strong and you trust really, you know, you have a very strong trust and your confidence is high. And there are other days when that's shaken, right? I mean, we have days of doubt. So we want to talk about in a couple weeks, uh, again, perseverance and um, can we have assurance, right? Those are the things that become really important when we have this issue of doubt that comes in. Do we persevere to the end? Who perseveres to the end, you know? Um, can we feel good about our faith? Can we have assurance? Those kind of things. And it's, again, in the face of this doubt, that that's really important. Okay. So, again, we're not great at having or practicing our faith necessarily. So this whole thing is not because of us. And that's why the Westminster Confession said we receive justification by faith. We receive it. It's given to us. It comes to us through, through that faith, by that faith, but not as a, we're not the source of it. Okay? Christ's obedience is it alone. All right. So let's swerve. Yes. Yes, sir. Mark. So in Hebrews 12, 2, it does say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. We will have a perfect faith. We're working on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, as we get into sanctification, that's that process <clears throat> over a lifetime of struggle, pain, difficulty, suffering, <coughs> discipline. You know, we grow. We grow stronger and stronger in our holiness. We grow more and more like Christ over our lifetime. The perfection comes at the end. That's that, what do we call it? All, the already and the not yet. <clears throat> yeah, we have a piece of it. And it gets stronger and stronger, and then it's perfected in glorification at the end. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Good. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> who wants to give a shot at imputed? <laughs> our, our righteousness is imputed. <clears throat> and we'll talk about, like, okay, what's the corollary to that? What, what's, what else is that, could we say that's not imputed? But what does imputed mean? Any ideas? Okay. Clothed us. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah, it's kind of like bestowed. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Uh, rejected into, you know. Hmm. 
okay, inject it into like the flavor of turkey before you drop it in the, <laughs> drop it in the hot oil. It's uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, it's here, but that's a great. <laughs> it's a great point. Yeah. To him. Yes. Awesome. So I was making sure we got single imputation and then we're going to jump, jump over there to get double. So yeah, I mean, this is the, um, I guess the, the, an agreed upon definition would be that it's treated, treated as if it, righteousness, were ours through faith or ascribed, ascribed. Okay. So the words you guys use were great. I like the fact that it's ex somewhat external or uh, encompassing, right? Like being clothed in it. It's it's given to us. Um, I want to say it's shared with us. That might be not necessarily doctrinally accurate, but it is. Uh, we are treated as if we have it fully. It is Christ's. It is ascribed to us. Yeah. And the imputation is said to be double. So as Matt points out, it goes both ways. We are, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. Our sins are imputed to him. So it goes in two directions, right? Double imputation. That's a really pretty incredible concept, okay? That makes sense? Okay, and then the, the corollary, again, the opposite of this, or, or maybe a slightly off-track way to look at it, is infused. So infused would be um, more like it fills us up and it becomes us totally on the inside, again, like injecting... What do we do with tea? Is tea infused? I get stuff confu confused. Is there an infusion ball, or what do you use with tea? What's that called? It's it called is? An infuser. Infuser. So in that case, the tea permeates everything. Permeates everything. <laughs> it becomes part of the whole thing, right? Steep. There's a word. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Or like injecting a turkey before you drop it in the hot grease. You inject it into it, right? And so the idea with that is it makes it seem more like we... We are righteous on our own completely now, and that's not the case, right? That is not the case. It's ascribed to us. We grow in righteousness. We grow in holiness. Again, looking toward the end where this becomes completed in glorification. Okay? Yeah, that's why the Catholics, for instance, or but many Christians I should say, yeah. or, or different churches, think that you're, you're just getting more righteous, but it's that equals work. One day you'll grow good enough, so then you have to create purgatory to do what you said. Yeah. Or other, and that is to explain a, it. That is a, yeah. a complete, it takes away Christ's work. Yeah. You complete it all. You're, you're completely righteous because it, oh, everything you said was wrong. You aren't, right. You'll grow as you live in righteousness, but you are not doing that as a work. Yes. Or you're doing that as a, well. A response. You respond. Yeah. So, so um, 
two things. One is, one is I think that infusion really stands in the way of sanctification, too. We're going to talk about sanctification and how important this is over a lifetime of simple, living a life of simple obedience, being under discipline, working through struggles and difficulties and how that grows us. And if we're fully righteous on our own right now, it sort of neutralizes that, right? It kind of stands in the way. It doesn't make sense. The other thing is that the righteousness is full. So I don't want to present this as like a, a glass half full scenario where, well, you know, Christ gave you a little bit. It's imputed. Therefore, you get a little taste of it. And it's a little, you know, it's not the full thing. It is the full thing. It's just we have to understand where it's coming from. It's, it is ascribed to us in fullness, but we're not the source of it. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so just to back that up, you know, it is Christ. Through the one man, through the one man, many will be made righteous. We, are, we benefit in this righteousness because of Christ, the one man, Romans 5. Okay. And then again, we want to go back and kind of just nail this home with the works thing. So justification is through faith, not works. Good works will always result in the life of a believer, always, because we want to. Again, when we are called and our hearts are redeemed, we have a new desire and ability to serve, and that should be there. It's an obvious evidence in the life of the believer we want to go do good works. So wor good works are around obedience, right, in a big picture. Faith without works is not saving faith. Works are evidence of true saving faith. And then I like this. I don't know who to, to credit this to, but a little statement at the end there. It's faith alone that saves, but the faith that saves is never alone, right? These things are always found together. Okay, so just to make the point, man is justified by faith apart from works of the law, Romans 3. You may have read that before. So this is where we see, we see man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ. So again, through and by are in the same passage here. They're both correct. Um, a little different usage, but it points to Christ in either case, Galatians 2. By grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not the result of work. So we can't boast, okay? Ephesians 2. See that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. So this has got to be clear by now, guys. This is, you know, lots of proof here. This is from James 2. It's not about your works. All right, let's shift gears to adoption. This incredible gift, privilege that's underappreciated. What would you say is Adoption. And I'll warn you right now, the definition's kind of complicated. Actually, it's got a lot of words. Not complicated, but it's got a lot to it. But give me a simple run. What, what would adoption be? Becoming sons of God. Say again? Becoming sons of God. Becoming sons of God. Good. Absolutely. Becoming sons of God. All right? That was super simple. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Right, good. Yes, and we're, we're given an incredible privilege to be able to approach that father in a, in a new way. Yeah, good. Adoption is something that the parent does to the child, not the child to the parent. Ah, okay. Yeah. Great. So we don't have an impact, or we don't have a, any input in this, right? We come in purely under the authority and power of Christ. Good, yeah. Yes. It's usually the case, but 
yeah. Good. Yeah. Perfect. And that's a fantastic transition because we talk about the status change. So let's exactly what this is. So here's the full thing. Adoption is an act of the free grace of God in and for his only son, Jesus Christ, whereby all those that are justified are received into the number of his children, have his name put upon them, the spirit of his son given to them, are under his fatherly care and dispensations, admitted to all the liberties, the privileges of the sons of God, made heirs of all the promises and fellow heirs with Christ in glory. Fellow heirs with Christ in glory. You know, again, that's where we're headed for glorification. This is a forward-looking statement that says you, we, we've been adopted, and we have these amazing privileges. So we want to go through these because, again, I think we maybe don't think about them to their fullness all the time. Oh, yeah, there's my... Uh, so Westminster Confession of Faith. Okay, so adoption, here are some of the details. Again, God places us in his family. <clears throat> By faith, Jesus gives us authority to become sons and daughters rather than, you know, we go from the Satan's family to God's family. We're his people, his nation, in addition to his family. He gives us, Jesus gives us permission to call God our Heavenly Father. So we, we are called into this, there's a pattern set for us and an example in Scripture, but we're called into this just like Jesus addresses the Father. We have the same language, intimacy with the Father. So they say this is the apex, the high point of our relationship with God. Relationship, peace, yep. John 1, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Romans 8. You received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Again, here's the, how we can approach God with this, again, intimate, you know, relationship language. Ephesians 2, this just deals with our former state. So we were, we were in the family of Satan. We were, you know, we walked according to the course of this world. We lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and mind. So this is what we were. So how amazing to be called out of that, right? <clears throat> Uh, through, the, through his great love, he's bestowed on us. We'd be called his children, 1 John. <clears throat> again, Abba, Father, all things are... So this is Jesus speaking. We have the, we're invited into, the, again, the same language that Christ addresses his Father. We are uh, invited into that. Okay. So let's go through these, uh, these benefits, these privileges. We, we gain a new inheritance. What does that mean? We gain a new inheritance, a bunch of pieces. Sonship. Again, we were slaves to sin. We have sonship now. Personal, intimate relationship. New freedom and confidence in prayer. Compassion and care. We now receive God's full compassion and care. Discipline. A privilege? Discipline? What do you think? Huh? Yeah, why would you say that? Hebrews says that we have earthly fathers that disciplined us and we respected them and they disciplined us for a short time as seems best to them, but he disciplines us for our benefit that we yeah. might share his holiness. Ah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's we're gonna go there in a second. Share his holiness. Hey, how do we how are we sanctified without it, right? Discipline. What a great privilege. I know we don't look at it that way. <coughs> But it true it truly is. Discipline for 
Yes. Good. Yes. Good. 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 But we think of it that way, right? I mean, the word discipline goes. Yeah. Should not. It's a great privilege. Horizontal relationship with believers. Again, this is us as a, as a community, a church family. We love each other. This church is full of love. We love each other because of uh, this adoption. Yeah. And again, a forward-looking vision. So we will reign with Christ. We will reign with Christ. We will rule over nations. Right? We'll judge angels, what it says. It's an cr- incredible uh, future out there for us. And so I said, you know, such great dignity and authority... We can hardly imagine that now. What's in store for us? We can hardly imagine it now. It's part of because we're part of the family. We've been adopted. <clears throat> Galatians 4, we're no longer slaves. We are sons and daughters, right? We're a son. If, if a son, then an heir. And then this pattern again, Matthew 6, pray this way, our Father who's in heaven. So we get to address uh, God as our Father. Psalm 103, compassion. Compassion, right? He knows your frame. <clears throat> he knows your struggles. He knows your pains. He has compassion. Provision here, he provides for us in, in, in great generosity. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? You know, from Matthew 6, Father knows what you need. He knows what you need. He loves you and will provide. And then, Jacob, this is where you were headed. Thank you. Spot on translation. So there's a lot here. Again, I, I break the rules of putting scripture on slides a lot. This is too much, but it's good. God deals with you as sons. For what, for what son is there whom the father does not discipline, right? If we're not disciplined, then there's something wrong, in fact. He disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. So that, right? This is about growing in holiness. And the sanctification involves suffering. Sanctification involves difficulties and trials and, and God's discipline. And we should be glad, right? We should be glad that he does. <coughs> And not everybody gets the benefit of that helpful discipline. It's, again, we're called. We should be thankful for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is, again, the relationship piece, our relationship with other believers, how we, how we r- relate. Okay. Appeal to him as a father, the younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. This is this community of family. First Timothy. And then here's the forward-looking piece. It's so encouraging. We'll have authority to rule, right? He who overcomes, right? Who overcomes? Well, that's, we're going to talk about that in the, in the perseverance and assurance piece. Who overcomes? We're all called. We're, our, hearts, we are, our heart is redeemed if you are um, uh, saving faith, if you have saving faith and trust, right? We will overcome. We will overcome all these difficulties. We will overcome to the end. We will persevere. So he's talking about us. He who overcomes, uh, I will give authority over the nations. Rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter are broken to pieces. As I also have received authority from my Father. So just as Jesus receives authority, we will receive authority to rule and reign. Yeah, incredible. And then about judging angels. Again, the authorities, the things that we have to look forward to. 
pretty amazing. All right. All right, so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I was going to read this. Um, it's a lot. I'll have you do it as homework. We have like six minutes left. I do want to talk about application a little bit, okay? But if you look at this piece in Romans, <clears throat> and it's 20 verses, Romans 8, 19 to 39, you get a sense of this adoption and the privileges. It talks a lot about sons and being adopted and what we have to look forward to, right? This is the we are conquerors, right? Who can pluck him, us from his hand? You know, it's, it's, this is incredible language. So maybe do this as a homework assignment. Go read this and just be encouraged by how we are treated as sons and daughters who are adopted, right? It's glorious, glorious language, okay? All right, so in the few minutes we have left, well, let me just cover the, uh, these are the su summary points real quick here. So we're de uh, again, we're declared righteous by union with Christ and his, his, his perfect innocence. We receive justification through faith. Works will be evident in the life of the believer. Always, always found together. And adoption is the high point in our relationship with God. So those are very basic, but those are some of the things we touched on. Okay, now take that and tell me. <laughs> Let's talk about application. How can you, what can you do with this? What are your thoughts on what we've talked about? Any, any aha moments today, as we say, any light bulbs go off? Cause to rejoice you know, in all things. Yeah. No matter our subjective reality, Good. we have reason to rejoice. Yes. Yeah, this is so hopeful. This is so uh, encouraging. Yeah, good. What else? And it's like, you know, my position. Like, I, I, I do think, I thought about this yesterday when I was in the like, just the mm -hmm. reality of who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. what, what more can a man uh, give to me? Yeah. You know, so it's, when you think of the part about adoption, like, it's just, it's just, like, what more do I want? <laughs> like, yeah. So to think about that all the time. Yeah, good. Brings joy. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think to me it's, and I think to amplify what you're saying, this, this, this to me continues to defeat anything that I have to do with it. It continues to put down any pride or self-righteousness or whatever, right? It should, I think it should generate a significant uh, sense of humbleness, humility, and thankfulness. Like, you know, where's our gratefulness as a result of? Does this increase it, right? I, yeah, I hope so. Thank you. Yeah, Craig. I think about the way I used to talk with my dad, oh. you know, and mm -hmm. thinking about just the, you know, knowing that he loved me, and he, he couldn't always help me with things yeah. like that, but I always yeah. knew his love was there, and I think about how much more I can do the same with God, and he can, Yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. It takes... It takes all of our frailties and all of our, you know, everything we're, we're trying to do, and, but it's that perf perfect, perfect love and perfect, you know, turning to the Father who uh, is beyond anything we experience it, uh, earthly, from an earthly Father. Yeah, good. There were two or three hands over here. Chloe? Um, I think of adoption. Zoe. Did I say Chloe? Yes. Sorry. No, so sorry. It was an Oe, and I just goofed up the front part. <laughs> Zoe. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Um, no, I think of adoption and how we are sons yeah. and daughters of the Lord and how when we mm. um, 
um, our field representation at times and our committee of our parent parents yep. and how we would represent the board and um, the role of your parents. Oh, wow. Yep. So a new perspective on honoring your parents in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Good, good, good. And I had Adrian, did you? Way to bring chemistry into the conversation. Man, I'm going to use that for the next, uh, I'll steal that for going, going forward. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think we do this whole idea with faith, right? I think assurance and perseverance is part of that. We will deal with that. I think we all have some, you know, not sure where, where I am. And so this should bring tremendous confidence. Good. All right, well, let's, uh, great conversation. Appreciate that. Let's wrap it up. I'll go ahead and pray. <coughs> Father, thank you for, again, your love, Father, for leading us this morning. Be with us in our, uh, our service today. Be with us in our worship. May be powerful. May we honor you. Uh, may we come before you, Father, in truth and spirit. And we're grateful for this gathering of your, your people who love you, uh, the saints. Father, we're grateful for how you're working in our body and uh, continue to bless us. And uh, we thank you for your forgiveness and grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Truth in Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is truth to live by.